0: Today's daf is Ayin Chet 78, and we are behind. We pick up on Ayin Zaina Amud Bet, and um, we are the very last of the narrow lines. Tanitana, and uh, the learning shall be, should be in the zuchus of, um, and the protection of, and for the tefillah, for the well-being of our chayalim and chayalot, and for Allah ch'inu ach'yoteinu b'nei Yisrael, and God should just help us bring a speedy um, and secure and safe end to this terrible time that we are in the middle of. Um, we, okay, so we pick up in Tani Tana, and we're in the middle of a discussion of the status of halala and zonah and halal and so on for a Kohen. And we had just been working on a bright uh, that spoke about a possibility that somebody would have all of the statuses, halala, zonah, almanah, and grusha. And even if you said anis or halal isr, that normally once a person or an object or whatever is already forbidden, you can't have another status of uh, prohibition uh, take effect on it, that this would be possible if it went in a particular order because each one would increase the scope. of the prohibition, okay. So now that's if you held anus or challah lister. So now let's take a look where the gemara continues from that. Tani Tanak made Reb Sheshes. taught in front of Reb Sheshes. Kol shehu first white line on Ein Zain and Bet. Kol shehu be Yikach. Harayu below Yikach. Any, per, any woman that falls into the category by the Kohen Gadol, that meaning that would have been theoretically possible for a Kohen Gadol to marry had she been a besula and not an amana, etc., would now be forbidden in the prohibitions of lo yikach, amana, grush, ha zona. Okay? Um, but a woman that, even had she been a besula, no, had no previous married status, etc., still he could not marry her, would not have been possible to marry. Aina below Yikach will also not be forbidden based if she happens to be an Amman and a Grusha. So that's a Cute way of saying what we're trying, what we're going to try to say. What are we really trying to say? It would exclude a case of somebody that was, let's say, his sister who's a widow. In such a case, um, that since he could not marry her even if she was a virgin and never was married before, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because it's his sister. So therefore, now that he also is an almana, a grusha, all these other things, those he's not forbidden from that perspective. She's still forbidden as her sister, but not from that perspective. Which is basically a. Way of saying or Okay, so now the Gemara says like this Amar So this is what the Tana taught in front of Ravshashis. Ravsatius then said to the Tana, he, who was the one that must have told you this, or meaning who's teaching us this? This is Rabbi Shimon. Damar anus or iser. iser. An does not take effect on another, so since she's already forbidden as a sister, she cannot also become forbidden as an almana or a grusher or whatever. The we If somebody eats an on Yom Kippur, they are exempt because Ein Iser Chalal Iser. Now, there's a question, does it really mean there's no prohibition at all, or does it mean that you don't get lashes a second time for that? But nevertheless, he, that's Rabbi Shimon's position. If it's something is forbidden already, can't become forbidden another time. Ein Iser Chalal Iser. It should be noted, by the way, that this is even this is like the paradigmatic example of that, but it is quite strange, because the Isra of we think, is about the status of the object. This is forbidden food. Yom Kippur is about me. I'm obligated a fast. It's not like the food is a forbidden object. So it's actually quite fascinating because most of the cases of ischhalis all have to do with when it's multiple statuses on the same object. Anyway, that's Rabbi Shimon's position. I, okay, the because if it's the rabbis that say isser is chalalister that if you eat an avela, you know a McDonald's hamburger on Yom Kippur, not only are you chayav because of uh, you know because it's a tray hamburger, you're also chayav for Yom Kippur. How many isser They would say isser would take effect, and that's true. That a coin sister who's an almana would also be forbidden to him as an almana, coin goddam. Um says no, afilutema Rabbanon, it could even be the rabbis. Even if you say an isr takes effect on top of another isr, that's when the second iser is weightier, or maybe the same weight, but Yom Kippur is weightier, Yom Kippur is kares, and a novella, a McDonald's hamburger, whatever, we're ignoring the cheese. Anyway, but that's just a simple lav. So when will they say one iser could take effect on another if it's of greater weight, or maybe if it's equal weight? But um, but um, but here it's an iser the prohibition of almana is a simple of the prohibition of a sister is kares. So therefore if this woman is forbidden to him as a sister, even the rabbis who say chal ishachal will not be if the second one is of a, more of a, of, of a lighter weight than the original ishachal. Okay. Igadami, some say that he actually that what Rev um that what said back was exactly this point, because it's such a nice point, right? I mean, it seems so obvious that a light you know that, that this would be a case that maybe everybody could agree on. The Adami Yehamani Banani, this teaching that a his sister cannot become forbidden to him as an Amana, that's according to the rabbis, the Ami who generally would say Isr yes, would be Khalisr, and they're coming to tell you in this case though, not. And therefore, we're teaching that when do the rabbis say one iser can take effect on top of another if the second one is weightier. But if the second one is lighter, like this case of a sister, that she should also become forbidden as an almana, that would not take effect. So this is coming to teach you that even the rabbis who say would not take effect here because the second one is of a lighter weight. The irab because because if it was Rabbi Shimon, there'd be no need for Rabbi Shimon to teach you this. If Rabbi Yisr, Shimon would say a weighty yisur doesn't take effect on top of a light one, yom kippur doesn't take effect on top of the McDonald's cheese hamburger. So you wouldn't have to tell me that, it would, that, that his sister would not become forbidden as an almana. That would be so patently obvious for Rabbi Shimon. You know, Rabbi Shimon doesn't even let a weighty one take effect on top of a heavy one, so, so, on top of a light one, certainly not a light one on top of a heavy one. So the Lord says, no, maybe there's a chidashir, even for Rabbi Shimon. Um, now, I might have thought, Shani that maybe when it comes to Kohen, it's, it's different. Kamash, Mulan, that's not the case. You know, because for Kohanim, they have so many more prohibitions than a Normal non Kohen would have all these women that they can't marry. Maybe I would have thought that creates a special category that the Torah wants to make it forbidden, even going beyond the normal parameters of women that could be forbidden. So, even a woman that's already forbidden from a, another perspective, maybe the kahuna thing adds a whole different dimension. All right, but one way or another, if a woman is forbidden as a sister, cannot also become forbidden to a Kohen as a Grusher and a Munner or whatever. Um, and that's because even if Isser Chalal Isser normally would not take effect here because the second one is lighter the Kahuna is always an Yishar Lav. These other Yisurim of Arias are, you know, are Kareis. Um, and we do not say just because it's an Yishar Kahuna that will have more ability to take effect on top of an existing Yishar. All right. Now, Amelie Rav Papalabai, Sid Rav Papalabai, Yisrael HaBala Choso Chalala, Um, um, So if a, uh, you know, a Yisrael has sex with his sister, so that is a forbidden act. A woman becomes a zona through a forbidden act of sex not related to kahuna. So that makes her into a zona. Does it make her a halala as well? So now here we're coming to clarify exactly the line between zona and a halala. All right? So um, we're, we're going to assume um, for now, it could be a little bit nuanced, but for now we'll assume that a zonah is created through an act of forbidden sex, a chalala that is generally applies even to non-kohanim, a halala is created through an act of forbid well, one of two ways, either through an act of forbidden sex that is specific to kohanim. So for example, a woman, a grusha, has uh, sex with a kohen, makes her a halala. Of course, she was already forbidden as a grusha. So let's take another case. An almana has sex with a kohen gadol. So now she's also forbidden to a normal kohen as a halala. So through an isr kahuna. Um, and then there's also the case, of course, of a halal, uh, um, the child of a halal is a if it's a girl is a halala. so one of two ways. all right? so one is normal is there sex the other is there sex for Kahuna, but we're, that's the end result. Now we're gonna f- we're in the middle of figuring that out and we want to know is that really true? Maybe the maybe maybe you know the act of forbidden sex, if it's generally forbidden makes her for both a zona and a halala. okay halal halal maybe is when it's you know, includes cases of isur kohuna, but maybe the act of forbidden sex that it, when it applies to normal, like non kohanim, um, maybe that would make a woman both a zona and a chalala. That's the question. Chalala mashvi lola mashvi la mi amina kav chomer michayve lavim haviyich michayve chavim havi chalala michayve krisus lokos. Okay, and should we say since a woman can become a chalala from Pro, from acts of sex that are prohibited by a, a simple of a simple negative prohibition, meaning, let's say, let's take the case of Alman and koyin gadol, that makes a woman a halala, admittedly within the world of, you know, Things that are forbidden to a Kohen, but if a, a, a sex prohibited by a lav could make a woman a halala, certainly sex prohibited by kares, if it's a sister would make her a halala. Do we make a kavaho there? it's a funny kavaho because you know different categories are about different things. Oh, Dilma, or do we say in halla, eluna? No. You know, it's all very nice and it's weightier, but but it's a different category. Chalala is about you know yichalel. It's about desecrating the kahuna, the kedusha, and therefore it's limited to prohibitions that relate to kohanim. Whereas you know zona is about things that are prohibited that are it might be weightier, but there that's the category of zona. And just because it's a weighty prohibition does not make it a chalala as well. Okay so I'm so I'm lay he said back "Ain khalala you know alme iser koon bavad yes the second thing you said Halala is a unique kahuna status, all right? So, and, you know, one, and one can even sort of say that the halala status sort of, you know, maybe starts with the Pasuk about, you know, um, about being the halal zar'o, as we've seen. veloya ye zar'o. So if you're going to make your child from this union forbidden, it also makes the woman forbidden. And it all is about vi- desecrating the kadusha of the kahuna. Okay, that's halala. And then you can have other things that are much weightier, but they're not Halala, they're zona. That would be Isar All right. Now, whether does, does that apply to all isurim of sex out, you know, that um only Isser car race or whatever? Okay, we'll see about some of that. But anyway, that is the fundamental difference. Let's take a look. Um, okay, uh, um. So that was very nice that that was his answer. Now let's see how we actually know that that that's true that the category of chalala is from a act that's prohibited to a kohen, an act of sex. Okay. Now by you know a normal kohen, it says that he can't marry you know you know a a it's a grusha by so by a normal coin it says, Isha Khalala Vizona Lo Yikahu, he can't marry a Halala and a lo right? And he can't marry a woman who's divorced. Okay, so it says halala zona and grusha, it, it has halal and zona together and then it has grusha. And by a coin it says, um, grusha um, va chalala zona is eighth lo yikach, right? I list the whole four in one Pesach, and all of those he cannot take. Now, the question is, the only one that's really being added is an almana. The other three are already prohibited to him as a normal kohen. So why did the Torah have to, have to enumerate all of them? Why couldn't it just add the almanah? So let's take a look. Titania. Lo yomar why does Torah have to prohibit a Kohen Gadol to marry a Grusha? Let it not say it. I would have made a Kohen from a normal Kohen. You could have actually said, you know, he's a normal Kohen plus, but okay. Either say it that way or as a Kohen Homer. The and I would have said, if it's prohibited to a normal Kohen, certainly it should be prohibited to a Kohen Gadol. So why did it say grusha by a Kohen gadol? Um, so as I pointed out, by a Kohen head yo, it says halala zona. Right, first it says You know, So, so grusha is held separate from halala and zona. Okay, which means that you get separate malchus for grusha. All right? A, 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 each shame, as we've seen before, you get Malkus separately. So Grusha was said separately by Kohen Hediot to teach you that, you know, if you are, a woman has multiple shamos or whatever, each one is a separate lav, a separate prohibition. And the same way that's true by Kohen Hediot, it's also true by a Kohen Gadol, even though all of them are in the same pasa to tell you that each one is a separate lav, a separate prohibition. Okay? Ka- uh, Pita, so the one says, obviously. migragara Um... So obviously that would be true about a grusha, right? Once a Kohen Hedyod gets a separate malchus for a grusha, and presumably for Halala and Zona, grusha by itself tells you that each one of those statuses is separate malchus. If that's true by Halola, Zona, and grusha by a normal Kohen, certainly it's true by a Kohen Gadol, meaning you don't need it to be repeated by a Kohen Gadol. Again, a Kohen Gadol is a Kohen. So obviously he would get separate molecules for everything a Kohen would get. A Kohen would get separate for Chalala, separate for Zona, separate for Grusha, same by Kohen Gadol. If it's gonna say Grusha by Kohen Gadol, it's telling you something new about a Kohen Gadol, not just that he's like any other Kohen. Ela kishem grusha Here's what we need to say: by a normal coin, it says grusha separate from chalala and zona to tell you that each one is a by itself and separate malchus. Now if that's true by coin hedyo, it's true by coin godol. So why then does the Torah say by koyin gadol amanah grusha? Why does it repeat grusha? So to tell you, kach almana haluka megrusha vchalal azona b'koyin Okay, to tell you that the new one almana is also a separate lav. Now, um, you know, and you get a separate malchus for Almana by itself, which is a little funny, because if the Torah had just said Almana, then it obviously would have, it would have been a separate lav. But okay, for, we'll see other reasons why it had to give the whole list. gusha, halala, So the grusha in the list is almost to remind you, to tell you each shame, each status is a lav by itself, including this new status of Almana. That's why it says grusha by koin Um Okay. Halala lala Now why does it say halala? Okay, Amanagusha Halala zonah. so we're going through the list. Why does it repeat Halala by Koin Gadol? In Halala elam Iser kahuna to tell you that a halala comes from isurei Kahuna. Now, the way Rashi explains this is because the things like that preceded it, right? Amanah, Grushah, the Halala. So Amanah and Grushah are specific isurei Kahuna. So halala is also specifically an Eser Kahuna. So the repetition is to give you context for halala and that you should understand that halala is based on isurei Kahuna, right? Whereas Zona is... Um, is, what do you call it? Zona, as we've seen before, is a concept that applies, you know, by Yisrael as well, by non-Kohanim, by a case of, like, adultery. So the fact that Khalala came after Amana Grusha HaHalala, and Zona did not interrupt that set, tells you that all of those are, you know, that Khalala is about Yisraeli Kahuna. Now, so that's what we were looking for. Now we understand conceptually the category of Khalala. Zona, okay, so now, uh, where are we? Um in two lines from the bottom of Einstein with zona lama Nemra, why does it say zona uh, repeated by coin Gadol. Nemakan zonav and Emelalan up, because it says it here and it says it by a normal Kohen. Okay, true. So, the same way by Kohen Goddel, it says, right, which is the whole idea of that it affects the child, um, um, that you, and that the child that came from Easter is a halal. So, we never had the Yichalel zaro concept said by Kohen Hadyot. So, it's to link the two and to tell you that applies to a Kohen Hadyot as well. Well. Okay, Amravati, Hilkach, Therefore, based on everything we've just said, that since the, you know, or based on the fact that a halal is only from Isurai Kahuna, Kohen Abala Khoso, if a Kohen has sex with his sister, okay, Zona Mashvila, Khalalalomashvila. That's where we started, top of Ayyim Khadalev that discussing the idea of sister uh, that makes her into a zona which because it's based on a forbidden act of sex that's utter to all Yisrael, um, and uh, but does not make her into a halala um but now that she is a zona right assuming by the way this is this assuming Isrchal al-Isr, even by Isrchal. She was forbidden as his sister, now she's ushered usher him as a Zona. Or, more, said, said 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 better, for another Kohen, there's no Isrchal for another Kohen, she was totally permissible, now that she's had sex with her brother, she becomes a Zona. So this woman, who now has the status of a Zona, so Aleha. If now if he has sex with her Easier said if somebody else has sex with her, asa chalala, now it will be a zona having sex with a kohen, which is a specific iser kahuna, and that will make her into a chalala. Okay, so if it's him, then you have to say that she could be a zona on top of being a sister, gets back to the iser chalalister. If it's somebody else, this woman had sex with her brother, she became, she was considered a zona, now for another kohen, she is forbidden if they have sex with her, that'll make her into a chalala. Amr of So that was very nice in conceptualizing the difference of Halala and Zona. Um, I should say, by the way, that I've been saying Zona is a isr of sex that is usr, you know, to call Yisrael, but it also has to do with the fact Rambam, you know, sort of says specifically that it's um, also that kiddushin is not tofsinba, um, that you know, that there can't be any kiddushin. So, for example, if a uh, woman has uh, sex with her husband, you know, or a single woman has sex with a man when she's a nida, that's an iser. But that, but Kiddush, you could have actually chalos kiddushin between the two of them. All right, and you know, there's also questions about. So, therefore, it would not make her into a zona, or Questions that say about a mitzri, other types of things which are prohibited, but would not prevent a actual um, chalos kiddushin. So, uh, uh, ger mitzri. So, there are other issues as. as. As well, that have to be clarified in terms of what type of forbidden sex makes a woman into a zona. Okay, let's take a look now. Now we're going to get into a very important question about the relationship for kohanim between sex and marriage, where the ISR focuses. So let's take a look. Top of Ayin Ched Malavas. Um, excuse me, I jumped ahead. We're going to get to um, the sex and marriage question in a little bit. Right now we're dealing with the Isser of lo and lo so, yichalel. So now we're introducing an idea that the prohibition of kahuna is not just about the not marrying, but also this lo yichalel, which normally we would read, so that he should not desecrate his child, lo yichalel zaroh, through this act. We're reading it as a prohibition. He shall not desecrate. And we're also going to actually read it, as we'll see in a minute, in two ways. He shall not make her into a chalalah. And he shall not make his children halalim. So that actually his act, you can transgress you know two or three things. He has sex with this woman who he's forbidden to. She's, let's say, a grusha. Through this act, he makes her into a chalala. So he transgresses Grusha. He transgresses Loy Khalel by making her into a halala. And We'll see in a minute. Will he even transgress lo yichalal zar'o oh, Because the children will be chalalim. So that is the chiddush here of Rav Yehuda. We'll see if we stick with this. Um, one because you shall not take the achas mishum lo yichalal. Not only did he transgress you know, this case of the amana, of taking an amana, but he also, um, for now, we'll assume you transgress lo yikach in the act of sex that follows marriage. As, you know, the Gemara said before, I'll remind you that if a man had sex with an amana multiple times, the same amana, he would get malchus for each time. So the focus on now has totally been on the act of sex. We'll talk about the act of marriage later. But the point is, that this act of sex is a transgression of Lo Yikach. Lo yikach, understanding, don't have sex in the context of marriage. So when he has sex with this almana, he transgresses Lo Yikach and he transgresses Lo because he turns her into a halalah. So the, now the gemara says, So how about the fact that he's also not only gonna make her a halal, he'll make his kid a halal? So the is, says, also when he only did not have bia, he did not have full insertion of his penis, so therefore, it's not considered like it's a context in which it would lead to ejaculation, and therefore, um, there's not a concern of conceiving a child who is a halal. Now, that's fascinating, right? You could have said, even if you think there's a prohibition of making your child a halal, you only transgress it when you actually have such a child, or you only transgress it when, I don't know, you know, the child is conceived or there's actual ejaculation. The here and assumes that it's all about different ways of making the act of sex forbidden. So if we're going to read lo yichalel zar'o as a prohibition, we're going to read it as an act of sex that could potentially lead to lo yichalel, which means gemar All Alright, so now, though though that was not part of Rav Yehuda's original statement, but now we have the possibility of two or three prohibitions for this case of a coin gadol with an almana. We'll talk about in a minute whether it would apply to a normal koin hedion. Okay, so, Masiv Rava, Rava asked, If a Kohen Gadol has sex with a woman who is an amana and a grusha at the same time, he gets two sets of lashes, one for amana and one for grusha. This is but, you know, let's say they're all equal weight in this case. Okay, Ammanah and Grush have equal-weighted Isurim. So my lash, it sounds like just two, two sets of lashes, Almana and Gusha. But according to you, Rav Yehuda, each Isir you would also get, or at least for the almana Isur, you would get also the Chalala, because you would have turned her into a Chalala. So the Gemara says, no, each one you get two sets of lashes, because each one, when you had this woman who was a almana and a grusha, and you had sex with her, you also made her a chalala. so for each prohibition, for almana you get almana and lo yichalel, and for grusha you get you get grusha and lo yichalel. Okay, um, which is funny because there was only once that she was made into a halala, but each act, again, the focus is, since the act has the potential to make her a halala, each prohibition, whether it's amana or grisha, also contains with it an isra of lo yichalel. So it means that there are two categories, but within amana and grisha, within each category, there are two sets of malkas. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. let's look at the end of this up. Grusha v'chalutza, if, however, this woman is not an alman and a grusha, but that this coin Gadol is having sex with is a grusha and a chalutza, inu chai alachas, you only get for one, because chalutza is understood to be d'rabanan. Okay? Now, according to you, though, it should have said you get two sets of lashes. What does it mean you only get one? One sounds like literally one set of lashes. It does say one shame. Before it says shnei shamos, you could say two categories, a grusha category and an almana, and each category is two. But here it says you get one set of lashes. And according to you, there should be lashes for grusha plus kalala. Hachikama, no, here's how you have to read it. ella al-achas. Okay, you only get, the first one should have said, you only get for one, meaning for one category, Olam shnei shemos. okay, Okay, and, but really you're going to get two sets of lashes. You're going to get lashes both because of halala, both because of grusha and because of lo yichalel. So now we're taking all these things that speak about one set of, you know, how many lashes you get for each shame, and saying any anytime the brightness says you get lashes for this shame or that shame or whatever, there's always a second set that comes along that's also because of lo yichalel. All right, now the Gemara says like this. Now we're going to sort of speak about the Chalutza thing for a minute. The chalutzah drabanan. Now is Chalutza really rabbinic because you didn't get lashes for chalutzah? Uh, the extra vav, the isha grusha meisha. That even a woman who went through Chalitza, which is a sort of a way of severing a quasi-marital bond through the brother-in-law, that that's included in the prohibition. So the Gemara says midrabanan. Eh, yeah, it's only rabbinic. The cross well, the Pasuk is just an Asmachta. Now, there are other sources. It sounds like it takes the drasha seriously and thinks that Chalutza is a Duraita. And you could have, in theory, read that the reason that Grusha and Chalutza is only one set of lashes is Chalutza is a type of a Grusha. So, therefore, it's only one set of lashes. But that's not what our Gemara does. Our, the general consensus is that Grusha, the Chalutza is a Durabonim, which is what this Gemara says. Okay. So now, we have seemed to come to the conclusion that every prohibition, you know, is one that gets um, that also the there is a prohibition of lo yichalel. Now, what needs to be said is, Rashi reads this entire sugya. The Gemara, as you noted, spoke about a Kohen Gadol and an Almana. Now, it could have spoken about that because that's where the puzzle says, v'lo yichalel zar'o, but it could, and Rashi assumes it's not meant to limit it to that. That this idea that you would get lashes for making the woman into the halala would apply for a Kohen Hedyot as well. And it would not be limited to, the, to you know, any particular scenario that a, a woman who anyway was forbidden to a Kohen as a grusha, let's say, if she now had sex with a Kohen yod, and he now she was now both a grusha and a halala, the Kohen hadyot, th- this would also be a set of lashes for making her into a halala. That's the way Rashi reads. Every time there's a forbidden act of sex with a Kohen and a woman, it makes her into a halala. Maybe again, assuming she hadn't been a halala before that, it, it makes her into a halala, and then there's lashes for that. Rambam does not understand it that way. Rambam says we're talking specifically about Almona and Koingado, um, or at least specifically about Koengado. Because um, in the case at least of an Almona and Koengado, this woman was permissible to all Kohanim. So the act of sex that he had with her made her into a Khalala, made her forbidden to other Kohanim, which she was not until that point. That's one reason to limit it to a Koengado. And the other reason to limit it, right, because by any other Kohen, the woman to become a halala would have already been forbidden. So making her also a halala, if a Kohen has sex with a grusha or a zona, making her also a halala adds a status, but it doesn't it doesn't make her more forbidden. But a Kohen Gadol and an omana, if he has sex with her, makes her a halala, makes her now forbidden to all Kohanim. So on the one hand, the effect of the act is much bigger for a Kohen Gadol. Number two, the pasuk lo yichalel, is said only by the Kohen Gadol. So Rambam limits this idea only to a Kohen Gadol, not to a Kohen Hedyot. That's actually quite important because for a Kohen Hedyot, because we're about to get into the sugya about whether the prohibition for a normal Kohen focuses on marriage or sex. And we'll see how this will play out, but if you think, like Rashi, that every forbidden act of sex also is lo yichalel, even by a Kohen Hedyot, that's going to have very broad implications that, you know, that anytime a woman is, makes into a halala, there's always going to be a prohibition. For Rambam, it is limited to a Kohen gadol, um, and which really makes it moot for our purposes, okay? For, you know, because we don't have a Kohen Gadol. So that's question number one. Does every prohibition of a Kohen, which when the woman becomes a halala, are you also transgressing? Lo yichalel. Um, Rava says you are. Um, even though it's not pshat of some of the sugyas, um, and Rashi says that means for a normal coin as well, every prohibition with a woman who's not a chalala, whether it's a grusha, zona, whatever, would be also a prohibition of lo yechalal. And Rambam says, no, sorry, that only applies to a coin gadol. Okay, now let's look at this next really important debate about the focus on marriage versus sex. Um, okay. um... Amr bai said bai. Kedush loka, baal loka. Kidesh loka mishum lo yikach, baal loka mishum lo yichalel. So bai says um, when a um, you know when the kedushin takes place, you get you you get lashes for. Lo yikach, because the Pesach actually says, shall not marry. The Pesach, by all the Arayos, it says, right, about like, lo tikrav, ligalot erva, it all talks about the act of intercourse. By kohanim, it's always lo yikach, lo yikach, do not marry. So all along we've been focusing, like, it seems like the act of sex is the prohibition, but now we're going to really ask that question. So Abayi says, when you marry, you transgress lo yikach, and when you actually have sex, that's the lo yichale we've been talking about until now. Now, Raji explains that Abayi does not mean that the act of kiddushin itself, you get lashes. We have never said the act of kiddushin, you get lashes. We've always been focusing on the act of sex. But what Abayi means is conceptually, when you, there's kiddushin followed by sex, so kiddushin that's followed by sex, one set of lashes is for the kiddushin, one set of lashes is for the lo yichale alright, so conceptually there's a prohibition on marriage, which you only get lashes for with the sex that follows marriage, and then there is another prohibition on lo yichalel. Um, uh, this, again, the focus on lo yichalel for Rashi is talking about all Kohanim, and for Rambam is talking about Kohen Gadol and Almana. so keep that in mind, we'll get back to that. Okay, Rav Amar, um, Baal lokeh, lo baal ain't Loke lokeh. Mishim lo yikach ve lo yichalel. Wait, excuse me, I apologize. <laughs> I, I misstated Abai. I ran I ran ahead into Rava. Let's do that again, okay? Abai is what he sounds like. Amar Kiddush Loke, Baal Loke. yikach, So I'm sorry, I ran ahead into rava. So abai says exactly what it sounds like. No, you actually get lashes for the act of kiddushin, even though we haven't been saying any of that until now. You and maybe we're talking specifically about a gardel namana, but anyway lashes for lo yikach, separate set of lashes for the actual sex for lo yichalel. Rava says, and this is what I was saying before, baal lo loke. When you actually have the sex that follows, then you get the lashes for lo yikach and lo yichalel, but not for just the kiddushin itself. Mishum Matam mishum Okay, that the only re- time you transgress lo yikach is when it leads to the potential of lo yichalel, when actually it is followed by sex. But Abay will agree that in the case of a man who remarries his divorced wife after she's been married to another man and gets divorced from him, that's machzir grushaso. that in that case, actually, there he agrees that only when there is sex that follows the remarriage. Because why? Because it says, (laughs) that he may not go back and remarry her to be as a wife, meaning, and that means to actually be intimate and have sex, and you don't have that. Now, um, so, taken on this face of it, right, it seems like um, um, everybody agrees to the idea introduced earlier that sex itself is lo yichalel. So the sex with a woman that's forbidden is lo yichalel. And that has nothing to do with marriage. And the question is, how do you understand the Torah's prohibition of marriage? Abai understands it as a standalone, lo yikach. And Abai and Rav understands it as a lo yikach that has that... You know, frames the law Yichalel, so you'll only transgress marriage, or that leads into the law Yichalel, you'll only transgress marriage when it is followed by sex. So that's the debate. Um, let's go ahead and now look. So now we've looked at the question about marriage by itself before sex. Abai says yes, lashes, Rava says no. Sex after marriage, both of them say yes. Abai says one, Rava says two. And now we have to ask about. You know, the one thing we haven't addressed, which is marriage without excuse me, which is sex without marriage. So let's take a look. Umana, but agree <inaudible> in the case of a King Godlumana, Shimba'avlokine shaloka, that actually just to be a you get lashes. Why? Zarobe Amava very because there it says you shall not be machaler, and he was he did was machalo because that act made her into a chalal. The modim. But they also both agree that when it comes to this so there, remember, the Torah said So Abaye, who normally says marriage by itself, he says says no. In this case, by machzir grusha, so it has to be marriage plus sex. Rava. Who normally says, you know, who says that there are cases where it's just about sex, like lo yichalel? Here, we, here he would agree that no. Here, though, you know, marriage is definitely necessary. He says lo So everybody agrees with there. You, you need both. So let's pull back and say that again. Okay. So for the case of let's start actually with the case of machzir grushaso. Machzir grushaso. Is you need both marriage and sex. Any one by itself would not be it. Marriage is not because it doesn't say lo yikach. It says lo yashuv lekachta liot lo liisha. So it's not just the marriage. It's marriage plus the sex. Not the sex alone because it's all talks about lekachta in the context of marriage. So everybody agrees that by machzir grushasa so you need both marriage and sex. Koyin belmana. Well, you know which is what we're talking about. Just the sex is a problem, lo yichalel. Abaye and Ravah both agree that's just, that, that just the sex is a problem, lo yichale. Just the marriage, Abaye says, that's a problem, lo yikach. Ravah says, no, that's only a problem when it's going to lead to sex. Okay? So, for Abaye, by forgetting machzir gushasa, where you need both, for Abaye, marriage by itself is a problem, lo yikach, marriage plus sex, lo yichale. For, for rava, or sex, lo yichale. Rava, marriage by itself is not a problem until there's sex. Sex by itself is a problem. All right. What emerges from all of this is that it sounds like, um, even though the Torah says lo um, yikach, which would suggest that there's just an iser of marriage, that, um, that, Assuming we pass, and like Rava, that won't be the case. Marriage, you won't transgress until you have sex. The flip side of that is, what if you're having sex without marriage? From a simple reading of the Torah, that wouldn't be a problem. The Torah says it's a problem of marriage, but it seems that Abaye and Rava both agree that Lo Yichalel forbids sex by itself. Why am I saying all of this? And I apologize if I've confused you all a little bit there, because. Um, Rambam's position is that all of this is limited to a coin gadol, And Rambam says, remember we said that earlier at the beginning when Rav Yehuda introduced this idea. And Rambam says that it's by a coin gadol where it says lo yichalel and sex by itself is forbidden. And when it comes to a Kohen, Kohen Hedyot, you always need lo yikach. The prohibition is always about marriage. And this is very relevant because, you know, there are times when there's whole issues about a Kohen marrying a Grusha and so on, and you try to see maybe she's not really a Grusha, maybe he's not really a Kohen, try to sort of figure out ways to deal with it. And one thing that Postgim sort of keep in mind is that if there's no Kiddushin with this woman of a Kohen and a Grusha, that uh, according to Rambam, there actually would not be a prohibition. The whole prohibition is in the context of Kiddushin. So, um, now the kids would still be halalim. She would still become a halala. All of that would be true. So the kids would not be kohanim. But in terms of a prohibition, Ramam says, goes back to the loyikach of the Pasuk. So... Um, once again, Rav Yehuda introduces, and Paul does if that got a little muddy in the middle, but let's try it again. Rav Yehuda introduces the idea that lo yichalel is a prohibition just of sex. And he says you get two lashes, for the marriage and for the sex. Fine, okay? Rambam says it's limited to Kohen Gadot. Rashi says that that applies to all Kohanim. Um, Abaye and Rava, we have just seen debate, right, whether marriage by itself is a problem or only marriage followed by the sex. That's within the lo yikach. Everybody seemed to say the sex by itself was a problem. But Rambam says again, that idea that the sex by itself is a problem is just Kohen Gadol. Marriage, a normal Kohen, you need the lo yikach. Lo yikach followed by sex, but you need the lo yikach. Okay, hope you all got that. Let's continue in the Gemara. Um, Tanya. Rebuna Omer, bas ger zacher so now Rabbi Yehuda says that, a um, going back to the Mishnah, that the same way the daughter of a halal is a halala, the daughter of a ger is a halala, which is a big issue um, in terms of, you know, making in terms of women that would be then forbidden to kohanim. Um, and also will come out that the daughter of a non-Jew man is a halala, according to Rabbi Yehuda. We do not pass them like Rabbi Yehuda. we turn to the bribes, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer. Bas ger, zacher, kabas, halal halal The daughter of a male ger is like the daughter of a male halal and she's a halala. Vadino saying and you can learn it out logically. Psula. A halal that was born Jewish, his daughter is invalid, is a Khalala. Gair Psula, a ger that came from a uh, you know, a, a literally a invalid drop of semen, meaning a ger that was not born Jewish. Certainly, his daughter should be invalid, which is a bizarre. Whoever says it has to do with whether you were born Jewish or not. Okay? I mean, Halal has a problem with Magyar doesn't. So the mar says, no. Exactly that. A Halal maybe makes his daughter a problem because a Halal was born in sin, right? He was born through um, through a forbidden act of sex between a Kohen and a woman a Kohen is forbidden to. No. I'll prove to you that that's not necessarily the case because what if you have a Koin and Almana? <speaking> in <Hebrew> so, in that case, so if a Koin has sex with an Almana, he makes her into a Halala. So, a Halala does not only come from somebody who was created through sin, meaning, there are two ways a woman could become a Halala born from a Halal and through sex with a kohen she's forbidden to. So, the Gemara says, you cannot say that a halala status is limited to a case when you start with something, someone that was, that was, you know, that was born, you know, that, that was created in sin, which is the case of a halal, okay? Because a woman can become a halala even not related to somebody who was created in sin. When she had sex with a man who was forbidden to her, a kohen who was forbidden to her. So the Gemara says, one minute, ma'ala kohen gudu ba'mana No, but at least there, there's another problem. The sin is in the act of sex. So a woman who's a halala comes from, one way or another, some act of forbidden sex. Either she's born from a male halal who was created through a forbidden act of sex, or she herself participated in a forbidden act of sex. Okay, so right now it's saying, ah, but neither one, those are two different reasons. So somehow, the the, the, the you know, we're going to try to throw Ger in there, even though Ger seems completely unrelated. So the Gemara says, um, um, Okay, but you can't say it's the act of sex that's the problem, because the case of a halal with the Yisraelite, the daughter of a halal, there was no forbidden act of sex. He was created in sin, but he himself didn't engage in a forbidden act of sex. And it goes back. One is not like the other. The common denominator, they're not like... The normal population, which is like such a broad, generic thing. One person is on the margins because they were created in sin, the halal, and then his daughter is gonna be, even though she was not involved in a sinful, there was no act of forbidden sex in the giving birth of her, in the conceiving of the daughter, that creates a halala, okay, he's on the margins for that reason. The woman who is now engaged in an act of forbidden sex, she's not the majority of the population. So one or the other of those are not the, the, the normal, quote-unquote, majority population because of some element of sin, okay? And therefore, also throw in Ger, who wasn't born Jewish, Barov which is, like, just so bizarre, like, completely like, unrelated, you know? So, Ma'alat Tzad show. And the says, nah, and besides that, it's just way too generic to be meaningful. It says there's a much better way of categorizing both of the ways a woman can become a halala, is that there's some avera that is involved, okay, that obviously is not relevant to a gair. Lotema <laughs> the concedes that point. Fine. Lotema coin godoba el mitri Let's, fine, let's try this case. Let's try the case of a first-generation mitzrit. So that type of a person, this is not a halala status, he has sex with a first-generation mitzrit. Nobody is doing a sin. Nobody is being born in sin. And nevertheless, the child of that, the, a second-generation mitzrit, is forbidden, you know, it, you know, is forbidden, not just to a kohen. It's forbidden to everybody. So the Gemara says, um so therefore that just but it shows you, you see, that different type of problematic people can be forbidden to Kohanim or to some people. I mean, it's just so so broad here, it's not even meaningful. says Shekane Lavopi No, that's <laughs> there you're dealing with somebody that is completely. Like, not able to marry, which isn't true about a halal and isn't true about any of these other people that are able to marry. So the Torah says, no, halal, you can Oh, but it's not about not being able to marry at all because there are other people that can't marry a Kohen. The Adin, Kahal, Ubito, Popsula. Okay, but now you've got all of them thrown together. So the halal, the, the halala that was born through an act of, from from a halal, the halal that was made a, a halala through a sex with a Kohen, and the mitzri shainit. And all these people somehow are forbidden, although two to Kohanim and one to everybody. And therefore, that will teach me that the daughter of a gear is also forbidden. If you can't follow the logic that makes the two of us. Okay, he's not the majority of the population, who beat So the war says, no. All of these people will make a woman puzzle, right? Will make a woman a, you know, in some way or another. A halal will make a woman into a halala, and a mitzri could make a woman into a zona for active sex. So all of these, you know, they're starting with people that are problematic in some way. A ger starts completely not problematic, which is what's what's so troubling about just throwing ger here. Like you got to have a predisposition to think ger is a problem, right? Because all these are problematic in one way or another. For Rabbi Yehuda, ger nami posa and Rabbi Yehuda said, you know what? I'll say the same thing once I'm gonna say that a geir will make his daughter into a halala, I will also say that a geir will make a normal woman into a halala as well, okay? umaysi outside my me'haidinah, the same way he makes some gzei shava here, to, or whatever, you know, some tzad hasheve, in order to say that a child of a ger is a halala, a female child, you also say a woman of a ger has sex with becomes a halala as well. So this is like deeply, deeply problematic because, you know, it's like there's, the, the, this category is so broad and it obviously starts by problematizing ger, which allows you to include ger in it. And then it means that for Rabbi Yehuda, you know, a ger like is supposed to be part of the community, but then any woman he has uh, sex with, you know, I mean, she becomes Becomes a chalala if he ever dies, can't marry Kohen. The daughter is a chalala, like always remains second class status and not fit for Kohanim, you know? So it's it's a very problematic position. We don't posket it. Rebelezer Ben Yaakov Omer yes. And now we have the other position in the mission, which is Rebelezer Ben Yaakov. Where he says that only the offspring of a Ger and a Giyoret um, is invalid for a Kohen, okay? Um, and maybe that's because the same way a Giyoret is invalid for a Kohen, the, 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 the daughter of a Ger and Giord is about for our Kohen as well. All right, so let's take a look. Tanya, but we don't ask him that either. Tanya, Rabshim ben Yochai says, if a woman converted less than three years old, she's kosher to kuhuna. Because he is focusing, because we haven't dealt with the question about what is the problem for a ger according to begin with, and he is going to focus. We're going to see on the fact that she might have had sex when she was um, a what do you call it when she, when she was a non-Jew. Um, Rashi actually said that way at the beginning, you know, at the beginning on a Mishnah that a ger is a problem because it's a chazaka zona because you assume she had sex. Um, but um, so that's Rebbe. It seems to be uh, Rebbe. That seems to be Rebbe Shimon position. Rebbe and therefore if she was converted less than three years old, she's kosher. So you can keep the women from Midian less than three years old. And you can keep for yourselves, meaning to, to, to be wives, and Pinchas was included. So you see that that's okay. And the rabbis say, no, no, no. It means that you can keep them as servants, as slaves. It does not mean that you can marry them. So, um... The Kulan Mikra Darshu. Now, all of these different positions about a ger, and now we're going to have a much better drasha than the one we had before about the problem of an offspring of a ger or a ger is all based on the following pasuk by Yeheskel: Amanavikru Shelo and Amanan Grusha They cannot marry for wives. Kiim Besulot. Misera Beit Israel, except rather only the virgins from the house of Beit Israel. Now this is very difficult because it's talking about normal kohanim, but this seems to be what's traced about a kohen gadol because it speaks about not marrying an ammana and only marrying a besula. So let's see what the Gemara does with this. Um Yehuda. Now we're going to have a much better drasha for Rebbe Yehuda, who has a problem with the daughter of a geir, and he's going to say Adi is kol zera mi So he's going to read Busulot Beit like ignore sort of the Busulot part, and basically say that that is you know that that it has to come from Jewish seed and from Jewish seed here meaning focusing on seed, the man okay so the father has to be Jewish. so actually a Jewish a Jew, a, 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 a naturally born Jew plus a Gioret, the child would be okay but a uh, a ger plus a naturally-born Jewish woman, that is not Mizerah Beit Yisrael, and therefore it's in vowel. So At least that's much, much better than the four which just fundamentally problematized everything. Here it is saying, I mean, the result is still the same, but he's not saying the woman becomes puzzle. Here he's saying that it has to be from Jewish seed to marry a cohen, male Jewish seed. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Um, i uh, not saying that she's a halola or anything necessarily like that. Um, uh, okay. Rabbi Lieuzeb ben Yaakov's sovereign Mizera Vafilu Vathilu Mikzatz No. Some of the seed has to be Jewish, either the mother or the father. As long as she has a naturally born Jewish mother or Jewish father, she's okay. If both parents, however, are gayrim, then um, the child is still is is going to be forbidden. Reb Yosi Misha, Nizra Ubi Israel. and Reb Yossi, who says that you know even the child of a ger and a giyoret are fine, says as long as he was conceived amongst people who were Jews. It does not have to be, you know, so therefore the only problem is somebody who actually was Megayer, the the Ghiorate herself, Okay, but somebody who was conceived once the parents, both parents, you know, the, you know when, 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 when the mother, you know, but even by a ger and a gioret, since they were both Jewish at the time, it is not going to be a problem. So basically what we have here is, and this is really, really critical in understanding the problem of a gioret. Is a gioret a problem of a concern of having had sex when she was not Jewish? Which is sounds like, you know, Reb Shimon ben Yuchai, which is why he allows her less than three years old, um, or is it having nothing to do with the concern of having sex? Is it about the fact that there's some concept of Mizera Beit Yisrael, of a Jewish seed? All right. And that seems to certainly be this drasha. Um, of course, this Russia is not a pasuk in the Torah. So there are some that understand that this whole second approach based on Zera Beit Yisrael is Dura That's a fascinating question if a gioret for a coin is a problem of a do or Dura But following this pasuk of Yechezkel, that it's more of, not of a concern of sex, but Mizer there Israel, you could have a couple of reads. It could mean, you know, Beit Israel could be read restrictively, meaning naturally born Jew. That's the first two reads of it, and then it's read either the father has to be a naturally born Jew, um, or the um, one of the parents has to be a naturally born Jew. Okay, that would explain why a gear a normal ger, is, a, is no good because parents weren't Jewish, and would also explain why, you know, possibly the offspring of a gear would not be a problem. That's if you read that. And the third read of Reb Yossi is Beg Yistra just means not naturally born Jew, but Jewish. And therefore, anybody born, once somebody has, you know, to the child of anybody converted is not a problem. The only problem is somebody born not Jewish, or conceived not Jewish. Big difference there. Okay? And, <laughs> and Rabbi Yochai says, somebody who became a virgin while she was Jewish, so she has to convert less than three, because it's understood that the hymen grows in at the age of three, and therefore somebody who's became three years old when she was Jewish, only somebody who converted under the age of three. All right, so to wrap up, what we have seen here is a lot of really important stuff. Um, And um, um, we've seen a whole question, at least at the beginning of Ayin Chedmer Aleph, about whether sex itself, there's a prohibition of not only Grushen and Almana, but of making the woman into a chalala which focuses on the act of sex. Okay, that's what Rav Yehud introduces. And then that leads to a whole question about kiddushin before the sex. Abai says kiddushin itself is a problem. Rav only says with the sex. Sex without the kiddushin, that seems everybody says is a problem of lo yichalel, the idea that Rav Yehud introduced. But Rambam says, no, that's only by a Kohen Gadol, that actually by a Kohen Hedyot, it has to be Um, always with the kiddushin, it starts with lo yikach, there's no separate lo yichalal except for a kohen Very important, that position of Rambam. And then we have seen here, very important, this question about a ger. Um, whether of the, um, um, why is a ger a problem? Is it because of a concern of sex? Or is it because of, which might be a do of zona, or a shash do of zona? But then you can make distinctions under three years, other possible ways of making distinctions. Or is it because of this pasuk of yechezka, which might be do which is based on Mizera Beit Israel? And that could lead to a whole range of positions that either the father has to be a naturally born Jew or one of the parents has to be a naturally born Jew. Um, um, Or, you know, as long as, you know, know, as long as the parents are Jewish, even if they were converted Jewish, it's always going to be fine. The only problem is if the person was born not Jewish or conceived not Jewish, that's the way we Poskin. Um, And then finally, the position of Reb Shem Bar Yochai, which is matters whether it was converted less than three or more than three years old. Okay, we will end here.